Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Matters, your go-to source for the latest industry news and insights. We bring you up-to-date information on the real estate market and discuss the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to help you make informed decisions. And now, we invite you to join us as we explore the exciting world of commercial real estate. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Commercial Real Estate Matters. I'm your host, John Powell, with Phoenix Commercial Properties based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm honored to have a colleague from our office join me today. Kurt Britt is an advisor at Phoenix Commercial and a proud graduate of North Carolina State University. Kurt, I'm excited about our conversation today with our guest, and I'll let you make that introduction to our audience. Thanks, John. Today, we are very excited to have Jonathan Williams join us in studio. Jonathan is the Vice President of Focus Design Builders, a full-service design-build company located in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Jonathan, as always, it's great to see you again, and thank you for taking time with us today on Commercial Real Estate Matters. We are looking forward to the dialogue. So, Jonathan, Before we kind of jump into what we are discussing, the main point, share with our audience a little bit your background, your construction background, and also a little bit on your company, Focus Design Builders. Sure. So first of all, thank you all for having me. I think like a lot of folks in my youth, I started in construction thinking it was just going to be a summer job or kind of a temporary gig or just something to make money, you know, while we were going through high school and that sort of stuff. And, you know, when I went to college, I didn't really have in mind that I would go back into construction. It just kind of followed me to some extent. So when I got out of college, I ended up actually working for a boutique consulting firm. So we did consulting for businesses, whether it be manufacturing or just kind of different small businesses. And oddly enough, with a little bit of a construction background, as these clients started to expand their businesses or look to actually invest capital into their business for expansion projects, I just kind of, you know, ended up in that role. So they were kind of like, oh, you've got construction background, you know, you should be able to help with this. And so I ended up kind of working with these clients to develop the vision for what, you know, that building was going to look like or what they needed. And then I would have to go find the architect and the engineers and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't know it was design build at the time. I didn't really know the commercial construction side that well. So I just kind of, you know, found my way into it. At the same time, my brother was grouped up with some guys in Wake Forest and they had, you know, they were going down this path of creating a commercial construction business. And that was kind of the start of Focus and that was back in 2010. And oddly enough, their start was with mainly out-of-state projects. That's just where one of the owners at that time, that's where their relationships were. So it was taking them out of state. They needed somebody here. And so David, my brother, he kind of knew what I was doing. And he was like, you know, we need somebody to run point here in the triangle because we're spending so much time outside of the triangle. We're missing a lot of these opportunities that, and there's enough business here for us to not have to go out of state. You know, once these projects are closed out, we want to bring everybody back home. And so they brought me onto the team in 2014, and that's just kind of been my role ever since. And, you know, essentially what that role is, is to some extent I'm responsible for going out and actually finding the business and engaging with the client and, you know, explaining our process to them, but then also taking them through that process. So, you know, from a back of the napkin sketch all the way to a certificate of occupancy, you know, that's basically my 
And with obviously design build is y'all's bread and butter. What other project types, build outs, what other services do you provide? I mean, we do, you know, the CM at risk type projects where, you know, the owner may already have an architect involved in the project, an engineering team involved in the project. Uh, and they want us to come in and kind of provide what we would call design assist, you know, start putting numbers to those plans and, you know, try to figure out, you know, different ideas for constructability, scheduling, you know, get the early input in the project for materials, all that sort of stuff to make sure that, you know, the overall goal of the project can stay intact. Awesome. So real quick, just out of curiosity, one specific project type, what do you think would be your favorite? I know you've worked yeah. on a handful. What's flex, adaptive reuse? What would be your favorite? So I, I love them all, <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I think it's hard to be a ground up project. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's flex space, an office, you know, whatever the use is, I think it's hard to beat that. It, adding to the landscape, you know, the community you know, often gets really excited about whatever's coming out of the ground. You know, it's something new, it's something different, you know, so I think it's definitely hard to beat a ground up project. Awesome. So we're going to jump into design build. What is the process? I mean, obviously we all know there are multiple steps and phases from start to finish on a design build project. Um, So if we could start the initial meeting, the pre-concept, we call it the concept phase. What items and topics are typically addressed during that initial meeting with either a client or a potential client, what is usually addressed? Yeah. So in that concept phase, you know, that's typically a client coming to us uh, with a need. You know, they, they either need to build a new space, they're looking to expand their existing space. You know, we're kind of at that point trying to determine what type of project it is. In some cases, they may have a suite they're looking at. They may have a space in an existing building they're looking at, or they might have an empty piece of property they're looking at. And so I think in that initial meeting, it's, you know, doing a lot of fact finding, doing a lot of data mining, you know, trying to understand what the project type is, what their goals are. They want to know about us. They want to know our experience. And so we're still kind of feeling things out at that stage. And once we kind of you know, get some ideas on that and we sort of feel comfortable with each other, then it's where we actually start like drilling down and trying to figure out, is this going to work? Like whatever it is, is it going to work at this location? Is it going to work on this piece of property? And, you know, start talking about maybe some square foot numbers, maybe a little bit of scheduling input, but we're not quite there yet because there's still a lot of information we've got to get from like the municipality all that sort of stuff that's going to inform a lot of that budgetary timing information. Yeah, and that was one, and we will jump into that soon. Have you seen really over the last couple of years, maybe, when you sit down and have these initial meetings, in my opinion, budget and timing are probably, to to a client, probably the top two priorities or really high on the list. With our current market and our local market, you and I were having a discussion the other day, quality land right now in the hot markets, prime markets, it's coming harder and harder to find. Yeah. And we're seeing a ton of growth in the sub markets due to that. So have you seen anything, has anything changed from a budget timing perspective over the last couple? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
like you said, I mean, it definitely, the sites that, that I was looking at back in 2014 compared to the sites that we look at now, it's a lot different, especially when you're working in some of these business parks. You know, a lot of times you're ending up with like that last site, you know. And it's a reason it's the last site. Exactly. Always. Like that was where all the bad dirt went or that was where all the, <laughs> that was where all the, you know, the brush went or something, you know, there's yeah. some story behind why it is that way or it's bad topo or it's got a stream running in the back of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's certainly, you know, the site's become more challenging. And so from a budgetary standpoint, you know, that that obviously factors into that. And then also the timing perspective, you know, timing, the, the regulatory environment is different now. Just in that mm-hmm. short amount of time, it takes things longer to get permitted. It mm-hmm. takes things longer to, you know, just the communication to get answers, you know, all that stuff, you know, just takes more time. People are busier. You know, I mean, we've got you know, this market is just on fire. The state is on fire. And you know, so people are just busier, too. Right. And it just some days it feels like the industry just you know, can't quite keep up. Um, mm. So, yeah. And also, there's obviously we're feeling it in our local market, but the rise in interest rates, too, I'm sure, are impacting. Oh, yeah. It for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we had, it's funny you bring that up because we had a few clients before COVID. And it kind of, I had kind of been coaching them along like, Hey, you know, record low interest rates, construction costs being where they're at, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the time. Like if you're going to do it now's the time. And, you know, after COVID when supply chains went insane and costs went insane Mm -hmm. and the Fed started jacking up interest rates, that's when those people decided they wanted to call me back. (laughs) And now it's like, (laughs) Oh my God, what do you mean? The numbers have doubled. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this is, while we were talking a couple mm-hmm. of years back right. when it was time. I'm sure some of those conversations have been shocking because sometimes yeah. the consumer doesn't realize the reason that concrete has gone up or has doubled or that land, how scarce that properly zoned site is. And so now it's supply and demand. There's a lot of demand for the product. There's low supply. Therefore, the land cost is up just as construction costs have gone up. Yeah. And, and also with that, with the lack of supplier quality land, I, I know we'll touch on it here in a second, but the due diligence. So phase two, you know, you're, you've understood or you're understanding clients' needs, kind of their budget, their timing, their wants. Moving on from the initial meeting, stage two, pre-designed due diligence phase. So, you know, things in their infrastructure surveying, environmental studies, you mentioned it earlier, meetings with municipalities, which is very important and can take some time as well as zoning. So can you kind of touch on each of those briefly just to sure. kind of talk what is what takes a long time? And I know that's a loaded question. What are some standard fees or typical fees during this process that the client should expect and just kind of price and time? Sure. Yeah. And and that's, you know, you kind of set it up well there. It's you know, as we transition from that concept phase to the pre-design due diligence phase, one of the big differences there is that money's going to start being spent. So at that point, you know, we've we've maybe retained a, a land planner, architect, got them on board, and they've actually started to lay out. Let's say we to make it easy, let's use an example of a ground up building on a on an empty site. So they're going to start laying out the building, the parking taking into consideration some of the existing conditions of the property, whether it be wooded, setbacks, 
maybe some streams, whatever, you know, potential existing things that need to be taken into consideration on that property. And if that feels good to the client, then what we would do is actually take it to the town. A lot of these municipalities now, one thing they're doing that's really nice is they have these sketch plan meetings or these scoping meetings or concept meetings. They're they're called different based on the municipality. Actually take that before them and show them what you're what you're trying to do and they'll either shoot it down tell you pretty quick if you know it's not going to work here or we don't want it here or they're going to say yes this will work here and here's all the things that you're going to have to do as a part of our udo or our transportation whatever it may be to develop this site and that initial meeting is really great feedback for you all as well as the client to know maybe what obstacles you're going to face kind of moving forward or how receptive the municipality is to that proposed project. Exactly. And it going back to what we were talking about in the concept phase, that's that information that kind of starts to inform the yes. schedule, informs the budget. Because now we have a little bit clearer picture of you know what we're going to have to do here from a construction standpoint and a design standpoint. You know, so that that's kind of that next step into that, that process. And then from there, you know, the client is still feeling good. The municipality is feeling good. We're feeling good. Then we're going to, you know, hire a surveyor, go out there and start doing some boundary topo surveys, you know, utility locates, maybe some soil borings, you know, now that we kind of have a, a decent idea of how the building is going to be laid out. And, you know, again, trying to gather more information for the client, you know, so that we can understand, okay, is this a good, is this a good piece of dirt? Is it a more challenging piece of dirt because of the subsurface conditions? Is there rock? Is there bad soil? As best we can. And then, you know, if there is some type of stream on the property, you know, we would bring in an, an environmental consultant, you know, to take a look at the stream, do a determination, figure out what kind of buffer we have. The surveyors will pick that up in the survey. You know, but the, there's probably more. I could I could keep going, but you know, right. those are those are the probably the most common things we see in that phase. What about with this question just popped up? With every municipality is different, so they may or may not, you know, have certain building codes and requirements and regulations to follow. Do you find that? Do you all find that? I'm not going to say challenging, but is it is it tough to keep up with all of that? It definitely is. Yeah. I think, you know, again, you know, going back to 2014, when I first started, it mattered, but it didn't matter as much if you had worked in that municipality before. Like, but now I feel like it matters a lot more. It's kind of another, it's another thing that adds to that experience criteria that, that you're, you know, talking about with that client is, Doing some projects there and knowing what you're up against, you know, it definitely gives you a leg up over somebody who, who has not, I feel like. The importance of relationships, I think, certainly on the commercial real estate side and, and, and you're just emphasizing that on the construction side, what a crucial element that is. They know you, you know them, but they also know that you're bringing a quality project to their town, right? which is what every municipality wants. And you're bringing jobs to their town, which is what every municipality wants. And so you all, just as we at Phoenix, we deem ourselves to be trusted advisors. 
In essence, y'all are in a very similar role, Jonathan, when y'all bring a project to a town. Yeah, and yeah, you you nailed it there. I think it is it is part of our responsibility and the responsibility of the team that we assemble to keep in a, you know a, a good relationship with those folks and, right. and reach out to them and kind of stay engaged with it to understand what's coming and but you know probably the the bigger point you brought up there is and I plan to touch on it you know probably a little bit more as we go through the conversation is this this whole design build thing is it's kind of become almost like an owner's rep design build kind of hybrid because even in the short time I've been doing it it's just that more you know the the clients we work with they just have expected more you know they've yeah. they've wanted more from the service that we provide and so we've just kind of i guess adapted and and risen to the high expectations of our clients by creating a service that you know offers all those things and is able to kind of walk them through the whole process so yeah and that's extremely important for for a project like that so Phase three, pre-construction phase, like like we said, you've kind of done the dirty work, so to speak, on the site with the surveying and studies and due diligence items. What about the actual building design, the engineering, the project permitting, even getting into at at some point the the interior floor plan and optimizing, you know, the space for your client? Can you touch on that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, when we get into that the pre-construction phase, that's that's really kind of when things you know things are starting to become real. You know, we're going into you know the design development phase. You know, where we're actually you know starting to to lay out parking. You know, and showing details. You know, figuring out ADA you know requirements, where doors are going to have to go for egress, loading docks. You know, we're really 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 kind of getting into design at this point. You know. Decisions have been made, and, and we're just kind of starting to to push the design forward. And you know, most municipalities now, again, using the the staying on the example of a ground up project, you know, you're going to have kind of a site plan approval process where they're going to, you know, it's not quite the level of construction documents where you know there's construction details, but it gives them enough information to show that you know, what you're proposing is going to meet our UDO. Uh, you know, it, it complies with whatever long-range planning there might be, you know, within that particular area of the town. You're also going to have some building elevations and a floor plan included in that piece as well. So, you know, that that kind of gives the municipality enough information there to know if, if you're on track. Are you seeing any new trends or in regard to building design or requests from clients, are you seeing any new trend or in the market, other projects from, you know, let's say 10 plus years ago, five years ago? Definitely seeing, and I think we all have, is is more, more mixed use. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that with land being more scarce, you know, I think municipalities want it, number one, you know, especially in the more downtown areas. And with the land being scarce, limited within those areas, they want to obviously maximize what, you know, what can, that, that property can be used for. So if it can be a combination of the retail office and some residential, you know, then they've, they've been able to put multiple uses on that one property that, you know, rather than it just being like, you know, one standalone retail business. So definitely the mixed use, you know, manufacturing 
you know, has obviously taken off in a lot of ways here in the state. You know, state's done a great job of providing incentives to to get those businesses to want to come into this area. You know, Flex, I feel like Flex just never really slows down, you know, around <laughs> here. Uh, you know, but definitely the I feel like the mixed use is is one that's been hot and maybe wasn't as talked about, you know, back in 14 when I was kind of first getting started. Jonathan, I love hearing you mention manufacturing. I feel like so many jobs have gone abroad over the past 20, 30, 50 years. But I, be- I really believe in my heart that the supply chain issues that we all endured over the past few years are bringing and will bring jobs back to Made in America. And that warms my heart because, A, we have employment and people are going to be building new facilities or expanding existing facilities, and we're making the product right here within our borders, and so therefore, we kind of control our own destiny. So Absolutely. the fact that you just mentioned that, I really appreciate. Absolutely. So stage four, execution phase. It's kind of you getting your hands in the dirt and getting to actually, quote-unquote, work. Talk about that and that kind of – Select and trade partners, schedule, staying on schedule, that's a big thing. Obviously, inspections throughout. Can you touch on that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and between that that due diligence or that pre-con and that execution phase, that's where we start to internally collaborate. You know, I mean, we're kind of always collaborating internally, but especially, you know, we're bringing sort of like the, you know, the field team into the picture at that point mm-hmm. and doing some you know, some deeper constructability analysis. We're always, we always do a page turn meeting with what we call a page turn meeting with the client where we're going through literally every page of the plan and just recapping everything and just making sure, you know, every little detail, every little detail is like you want yes. because, you know, we have a tendency to, to only listen to that part you know, where the client's like, go, 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 you know, I got to get going, I got to get going, and we want to get going too. And then you get into that that construction piece, and they're kind of standing back, scratching their head like, I didn't know it was going to quite <laughs> be like this. This isn't what I envisioned. And so, you know, again, that's why we go through the process. You know, we take the extra time to work all these things out so that when we get in the field and we start the execution process, it's, a, it's much smoother. Uh, and depending upon the complexity of the project, for the trade partner selection, for key trades like plumbing, mechanical, electrical, we like to get them involved, you know, earlier in the in the process in that pre-con phase. Uh, you know, they can help us flush things out, make sure that, you know, what we're doing is or, or what's being proposed is not, you know, anything that's going to create issues for them, you know, when they get out and start construction. So, you know, it, it's all about getting really everybody, you know, to the table that's going to have a role in the project to help you, you know, help you kind of flush things out and and challenge the design, challenge, you know, what's being proposed to make sure that, you know, again, it's going to be a smooth build. We we don't want to be figuring stuff out once we get into the construction phase. We'll have it, for the most part, as figured out as it can be. And it's a lot easier to change lines on paper than it is to move metal studs around and, and all <laughs> that stuff once Absolutely. once you're in the field. So, so yeah. And you just touched on a lot of that. A question I had, just common challenges, project delays, cost overruns, changes in project scope, 
you've hit on all of that. So you answered my question. As far as, and John touched on it as well, but supply chain lead times, are you starting to see maybe normalization, I'd say, quote unquote, with that? Or are there still delays in some areas or some product? There's definitely still some things out there that are that are creating delays. I think for the most part, it's starting to level out. But things like HVAC units, you know, the larger size units, like when you're getting up, you know, above 20 tons, you know, you're you're seeing, you know, sometimes 40 weeks, you know, lead times on those wow. kinds of things. So when, you know, here recently where we've had like office interior projects or corporate interior projects where it's a, hey, you know, we need to be in in four months. You know, we've actually looked at, you know, we, we've taken the opportunity to bring that HVAC contractor, that trade partner into the equation and let's have a meeting and let's talk about how do we accomplish, you know, the goal of, of you know, climate control with this environment, but knowing that we can't wait that long. And so, you know, we, we're looking... You know, they'll go to their suppliers. What what else can we do here? What what's the lead time on these smaller units? And we just use more of them to to create the same to to make up the tonnage that we need to cool that space. And so, you know, we've literally done that on projects here recently. And so, you know, electrical panels, switch gears, transformers, those are things that are still giving us challenges. So, you know, when I walk into an empty space, cold dark shell. And I look at the back of the building and I see a, I see an HVAC or I see a electrical panel at the back of the space. It's like a breath of fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) Or if I walk into a space that, you know, is second gen or third gen and I see a unit sitting up there and it's in good condition, I'm like, all right, we're good. We can rock. (laughs) Like saves you a lot of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you you just know that, you know, you're going to be able to, to get that project going sooner rather than later. You know, and that's that's a big part of it too, is having a good a good project mix. So you're not always waiting for projects to start. You've kind of got a mixture of projects that can start quickly and then projects that are gonna take a little bit longer, but when they hit, they're good. But I also like that you mentioned getting the trades involved early on in the process because as a client, I would want candid feedback. You know, we're trying to set expectations, but we're also trying to be realistic, if you will. And we know there are gonna be hurdles. But just tell me, and, and then also we, you, you are also looking for alternative solutions right. to, to meet that customer need yeah. and meet that expectation. And, or sometimes it's a demand. I've got to be producing a product by January 2nd. Right. And how do we get there? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems like there, there kind of used to be like a rhythm and a, and a certain way of sequencing different people into the process. And now it just kind of feels like we're all at the table right at the beginning. And I mean, I like that, you know, I, I, I love the idea of having the client, you know, the design team, relevant trade partners, all of us there at a table collaborating, trying to figure out how to create the best solution for the client and the best mm-hmm. outcome for the project. Agreed. Um, and not just getting hung up on like time or budget. Like let's talk about the best outcome. You know, so it's it's good to have all the right people in the room with you. Absolutely, yeah. so it's, it's it's a moving, a lot of moving pieces, yeah. a lot of moving parts yeah. for sure. Well, and and two having having the brokers in the room too helps, especially right. if there's a speculative element of that project, right? You know, it, or if it's a a spec building, or you know, 
only half owner occupied. I think it's important to engage y'all early because y'all know what the market's looking for. Y'all know that, you know, how deep does this building need to be? How many loading docks does it need to have? Do we need to have drive in? You know, just all that difference. So how do we need to park it? You know, y'all are engaging on a daily basis with, with people that are giving you that input. And we want to make sure that we're not just building a building, but we want to, we want to build a building that can be leased and that the market's going to receive well. Right. And that our client's going to be successful. So, you know, not just about taking, taking people's money. We want to make sure what we're doing is right. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you mentioning that because we too, as, as advisors for the client, we love being engaged in that design because as you just said, we know what we'll lease. We know what we'll sell right. just as we understand what will struggle yeah. based on today's market conditions. And so we love the fact that y'all are like-minded and you welcome the brokerage community to the table. So sure. thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wish, I wish more people thought that way. More people thought about, you know, kind of engaging the whole. It's important. The whole team, because I have seen projects that, you know, they don't, they're not open to that and they think they're going to do it all on their own. And, you know, you're, you're still riding by it. It's still empty and you know exactly why. And it's like, I wish you just, she could have just listened, you know, and, and gone and gotten the feedback and the expert advice. I think we're, we're, and again, we're all there for the common good of the client. Right and community and we all want to see projects succeed but we do bring a different lens to the table sometimes it's different ideas and again as we've tell our clients all the time we'd rather do no deal than do the wrong deal and so we love being part of that process 100%. yes so moving on maybe the last step once the building's completed your job done right not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's I, been fun. I didn't yeah. think so. I did not <laughs> think so. Yep. So closeout phase. Yep. Closeout phase. So, you know, when we're getting to that point, you know, we're we're starting to commission the space. You know, we're making sure that equipment, you know, whether it's HVAC, electrical, or equipment that fell into our scope, whether it be process equipment for a manufacturing client, Essentially, we're just making sure everything's firing up and running like it needs to. And, you know, we're testing things. We're kind of putting a little stress on them to make sure that, you know, they're going to hold up mm -hmm. for the entire duration of the project. We're probably punching out at that point, you know, so, you know, we're going to walk through the space with the owner, the architect and us and create a punch list. Make sure that, you know, any loose ends, anything that maybe didn't quite get tidied up during the construction process, you know, gets documented and gets taken care of before we, you know, before we demobilize. And then we're kind of going to go into the, well, we're going to go into the warranty period at that point. So for us, it's one year from completion of the project. And so if warranty items come up, you know, then for that year, we'll go back, get those things tidied up, get them taken care of. But you know, I guess in in whole, it's it's never really done, you know, because you're going to go back, keep that relationship going, check in on them, and you know, just kind of, a lot of times for whatever reason, they don't, they don't think to pick up the phone and call you sometimes, you know, like they may feel like they're going to bother you or something. So mm -hmm. I feel like it's important that we kind of initiate that sometimes 
that we go stop by and we say how you know how's everything going how are things looking are you having any issues and just kind of give them that opportunity to to tell us to voice it there and then we'll get it fixed you know what a great reminder for our entire audience the importance of being proactive yeah 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 and I, and and that's yeah i mean that's i guess again kind of what the whole process is about you know it's yeah. That design build, that pre-con, those due diligence phases, it's about being proactive as we develop that project and get it to a point where it's permitted and we're ready to start rather than rushing to that point and then getting in the field and being reactive to all those things. And that is, that's, that's not who we be. I've always thought reactive spends dollars, proactive saves dollars. Yep. And also just the relationship side of it, you know, from start to finish with a process like this, that a lot of maybe handholding or educating and your job's not done when your job is not done. You know, it's a follow up. It's, it's reaching out. It's staying in touch over the next five, 10 plus years. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, relationships are everything. I mean, that's, that's obviously, you know, the common thing. I mean, not just among us, but, you know, among a lot of the people that, that interact with our business and our industry you know, relationships are key from, you know, your trade partners, your design partners, the municipalities, your broker community, you know, having those relationships, knowing those levers to pull when you need to pull them and knowing they're going to respond, you know, when, when you do pull them, that is, yeah, that is a major key in being able to do what we do. So we've covered it all really from start to finish, I guess the five phases. Can you share with us one of your favorite projects that you've done? I know you've done a lot. Can you pick one? Does one stand out? Yeah, I'm actually, and I'm going to pick two. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll, I'll really go deep on just one of them. I think the one that really jumps out at me that was kind of a game changer for Focus was when we did the warehousing and distribution addition at KFlex USA in Youngsville. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that one was, it was important for a number of reasons, but you know, number one, it was, it was a local project. It was going to bring a lot of jobs to a community where we, you know, live, work, you know, know a lot of people. And so, you know, it, it was, it felt like we were doing something for the community. Mm-hmm. So it was rewarding in that aspect. Number mm-hmm. two, the sheer size of the project, it was 365,000 square feet. And at that time, you know, we had never done anything that big, not even remotely close. And so it, it kind of felt like a, an almost like an arrival. It was kind of like, okay, like we can do this. Like, you know, we, we got something, we got something going on here. The governor showed up to the groundbreaking, you know, so it was just, it had a lot of publicity. It was an election year. So he was going around and talking about new yes. jobs. Yeah. So it all just kind of lined up well. And you know, so, so for a lot of reasons, that was a good project. But one that I really enjoyed was when we did the ATI automation, industrial automation expansion. Down in Apex. Down in Apex. And we were honored to be on the transactional side selling them the, the land. That's right. Back in the day. Yep. So a common relationship. Yeah. And I think that was when, for me personally, I think that's when it all, you know, it all kind of came together. You know, I had just been involved in the K-Flex project. You know, that was a big project. We used that project to sell the ATI project. But 
there were so many elements to the ATI project. You know, there was a, a corporate office element to it. So it was a, a really nice interior. Then we had the manufacturing, the laboratory, testing laboratory aspect of the project. And then we had a rooftop amenity that they wanted in the project. And so there was just so many different elements of that project that I felt like, you know, hey, we're, we're going to be able to sell ourselves, you know, as doing all this stuff, you know, as, as doing all these unique things on projects, you know, going forward. And it was an advanced manufacturing company, you know, very high standards, you know, it, it was just kind of, it was kind of everything you, you dream of, you know, when you're, when you're trying to, you know, plant your flag. So yeah, really, really enjoyed that one. I'd say that would have to be my favorite. So as we end today, this has all been, I have learned so much. I should have brought a notepad, uh, <laughs> but I can go back, we can go back and listen, but. As as we end today, what are maybe your top three suggestions for groups that are potentially looking at or considering a design build project? What are three things maybe to keep in mind? I would say number one, get started quickly. You know, like it, it get started well in advance of when you think you might need to absolutely to get that space up and running. We get phone calls weekly. My lease expires in six months. I bought a piece of property. I need to be out and I need to be in. And those are, you know, those are hard conversations, you know, just because it's, they don't want to hear that that's not going to happen. You know, that it's hard to talk them through that, 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 you know, municipality, you know, conversation sometimes. But so I would definitely say get started well in advance. Number two, I would say, you know, Start start interviewing potential groups. Start sitting down and talking with different design build groups or or different builders or different architects. You know, start engaging them in the conversation as early as possible. So I think number three would be to you know engage a, if you're looking for space, engage a, a quality broker and start getting out there and looking around. You know, looking at what's available, getting an idea of what what you're going to pay to lease a space, what you're going to pay to to buy a piece of property because, you know, you really need to have a full picture of what that investment's going to look like. It's a wonderful suggestion. I think from whether it's you decide to do design build or you just decide to get your builder involved early, I think, you know, doing a general conditions and a fee type assessment on a couple is probably the way to go because we're all kind of working with the same pool of trade partners, you know, in the community. And, you know, that old way of doing the design bid build, you know, where you go out and you just kind of bid it to the whole market. Well, I think what sometimes folks don't realize is that not all those trade partners are going to bid, you know, to every one of those contractors. You know, some of them are going to bid to contractor A, some of them are going to bid to B, and some to C. But when you're the contractor, when you have hired your partner at that point, if they are going to pursue that project, they only have one person they can bid it. And so it gives you, you know, some buying power in the marketplace. And it really, touching on the proactive, being proactive, it sounds like that be the biggest suggestion is starting early, like you mentioned, and staying proactive with it. Jonathan, this has been great. How can, how best can our audience get in contact with you if 
if they want to learn more about you, your company, your services, how can they get in touch? Sure. Well, for me personally, you know, you can reach me by email, jwilliams at focusdesignbuilders.com. And I'm on the social media, Instagram, Twitter at designbuildnc. So that's my handle. But yeah, I mean, I try to try to stay pretty active in, in different organizations, you know, try to stay out and about. So I'd love to love to have a conversation, even if it doesn't result in any business with anybody that either has an interest in construction as a career or, you know, has just an interest in talking about an idea that they might have for, you know, the future. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. You have shared a wealth of knowledge this time around, I think last time I saw you, we were on a golf course. So it's good to see you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we look forward to crossing paths soon. Yep. Thank you all very much. Absolutely, Jonathan. This has been fantastic. And we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on Commercial Real Estate Matters and just sharing some expertise with our audience. We There's a lot of commonality with Focus Design Build and Phoenix Commercial Properties in terms of our core values and how we look at things and we look forward to to crossing paths with you all again many times down the road absolutely love working with you guys so thank you very much for having me absolutely have a great week you too thanks for tuning in to commercial real estate matters we hope you've enjoyed learning about the latest trends and news in the industry as always we welcome your feedback and suggestions please consider following us on social media or subscribing to this podcast to stay up to date on all the latest news. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.